Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Saleville Church Podcast. My name is Andrew Bush. I'm the high school director here at Saylorville, and I'm joined by Josh Anderson. Say hi, Josh. Hey. Josh is uh, one of our deacons. He's also the head of our missions committee here at Saylorville, uh, which is very appropriate because today on the podcast we're talking about missions. Uh, if you were at Sailorville on Sunday, then you know that we covered a theology of world missions, and uh, it was just a really amazing morning for a million different reasons. I mean, we said goodbye to Kat and Tyler. They're flying out uh, this week, and we uh, we welcomed some other missionaries, the Boyds from Columbia that were here, and said goodbye to Eden Church people. It was just a packed morning. And uh, don't forget uh, Pastor Kurt's farewell uh, open house Sunday afternoon. It was one of the most packed days I can remember at Sailorville. It's crazy. And in the middle of that was an incredible message on the theology of world missions from oh, Andrew Bush. Thank you, Josh. You shouldn't have. Um, I, it was uh, just a great opportunity, just a real privilege to be a part of such a special day, and uh, really grateful to be able to take missions, which is something that I'm passionate about, and I know you are very passionate about, and sort of elevate that in front of people. And uh, if you remember, the sort of the main point of the whole message was that I believe that the Bible teaches that every single Christian should be playing a sacrificial, meaningful role in world missions. And so... Um, that's sort of what we want to springboard off of, because that's kind of a bold statement, I think. Uh, every single Christian should be playing a sacrificial, meaningful role in world missions, so what does that look like? And I tried to unpack that in the last five to seven minutes of my message in some detail, but we want to talk more about that. But I think before we get into those specifics, we want to talk a little bit more about missions at Sailorville, sort of put that into the limelight and maybe start a little bit. Josh, one of the main reasons I wanted you to come on is because you've got Sailorville missions DNA just coursing through your blood. And so I wanted to hear some of your thoughts on, uh, as you think of missions at Sailorville, what what comes to mind? What's some of the philosophy of ministry there, and what are some of the things that we're trying to think through and ways that we're being strategic as a church and and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was fun to hear. I think you made a comment in the message about what a better place to be sent from mm. a church than a place like Sailorville. And I've always loved that there's such a strong culture for missions here at this church. And, you know, it starts with good gospel-centered preaching, um, reaching the lives of people and seeing what personal evangelism looks like and loving people. Um, and it's just a natural extension to think about how to do that globally. And so it's been really fun to be now eight years into being a part of our missions committee. Um, and we've got so many people here in this church that love missions. They love missionaries. Um, I don't even know everything that goes on in this church related to missions. I've, I've made that statement several times and, and I'm still okay with that um, because things just happen. And, that's a sign of a healthy situation when things just happen uh, the way they're supposed to. You're not waiting for one person to make the call or say, we need to do this. Um, we just, we love missions. We love missionaries. We love people. Um, and so we've been able to be very intentional about how we think about how do you steward an opportunity like that, where you have a church that has that culture and loves missions. Um, yeah. So. That I, I would say, you know, it, 
sometimes being the guy up front, you know, even if just for a week, uh, you preach a message on missions and maybe people would assume that that's always how I was, you know, that I've always just bled world missions or something. But I, I don't think that's the case, really. I mean, I think I am probably fairly typical in terms of you know, I've always had a great respect for missionaries and, and loved what they did to an extent. But, you know, as a high schooler, I was I was one of those kids that's like, Lord, anything but the mission field, you know, sort of thing. And uh, and then even growing up and getting into my adult life, I think Sailorville Church is what has impacted my uh, my heart on missions more than anything else. I mean, I'm I'm married to a missionary kid, and uh, yet I think that it's the people at Sailorville, the the mobilizers that are here, the people that have a heart and a passion for what God's doing around the world that have sort of lit that fire in me a lot. And then uh, a lot of the trips that we've gone on to have been hugely impactful to me, some that I referenced in my message from this past summer. And uh, also I'll give a shout-out to... Uh, Rick Davis, Engage Global. We've taken a couple trips of students up to Minneapolis to Engage Global, and that's been huge in shaping my theology of missions personally as well. But, I mean, it's been Sailorville that has really grown my heart for this and more than anything. And so that's encouraging because I think anybody that's at Sailorville can have that same experience. They just need to have their eyes opened maybe to what's happening, what's going on and get some of that DNA injected into them. Yeah, and it's fun, you know, as we as our church grows and as we intentionally send people out to plant churches, you know, you have new people coming and and so it's a story we have to keep telling ourselves and reminding ourselves of the faithfulness of God and and there's some really deep stories that run throughout the congregation and you start to understand all the connections of the gospel and how people have had their lives transformed and how people have been sent around the world um, either to live there. I mean, we have six different families that are currently on the mission field, active, serving the Lord, that would say they are sent from Sailorville Church. And there's a certain responsibility that we feel and have as a church and a commitment that we want to continue to invest in, um, in addition to all the others that, that we support and partner with around the world as well. I think that's significant. Uh, you know, you mentioned those six families and... Uh... I think I grew up going to a church where we partnered with tons and tons of missionaries, mm. but I maybe only knew one or two of them or something. And uh, and so the, there's this long list of people that we partner with, but didn't have real relationship with too many of them. And I think that's kind of unique at Sailorville maybe where I don't know that anyone's going to be blown up, blown away when you say, man, we support 26 missionaries <laughs> and six from Sailorville, they might be like, oh, I yeah. was maybe expecting something higher than that. But um, we know those missionaries. We're following yeah. up with them. We're trying to send them well. And that's been big. I mean, I, I think just being able to say like, yeah, I know those six families from Sailorville and I know most of those other 26 that we partner with at least. Yep. That's that's significant, I think. Yeah. And it's it's made it tough even being part of the missions committee for eight years now. We've had to say no to a lot of people, a mm-hmm. lot of good people who are well qualified. And, and you know, at some point you just have to say no because we're saying yes to something that we believe in even more. And that's those that God has put into our life uh, that we've been able to be a part of their life and really make that commitment to be fellow workers for the truth with them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to so I want to continue to unpack a little bit of uh, some of those practical things that I was sharing in my message. I kind of broke it down. You could broke it down. You could break it down a number of different ways in terms of roles that people have um, uh, in going or sending or whatever. You could create more categories. I've heard welcomer. I've heard intercessor. I've heard you know goer sender and and others. Um, I just said. Everyone should either be a goer or a sender, and that's uh, that was taken from a John Piper quote. You've got three choices, you know, to be a, a sacrificial goer, sacrificial sender, or to be disobedient. So as the head of our missions committee, I thought it would be helpful to have you share a little bit. We do have a few people that I think are really considering going. They, they want to be next. Their hand is maybe inching its way up a tiny bit, or maybe it's fully in the air saying, you know, here I am, Lord, send me. Um, as the one of the main missions guys here at Sailorville, is there anything you would say to that person um, who's thinking, I think God is calling me to go, and any direction that you would sort of nudge them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a deep call in somebody's life, and uh, I think some that that see that as an obvious thing in their life and something they have worked towards and, and it's been clear and, and others, maybe it's something they've tried to run away from and, and keeps coming back. And no matter where you're at on that spectrum, if, if this is the Lord speaking to you, you know, through, the, through his scripture and, and through the conversation, um, these are the people we want to talk to. This is why we have a missions committee. Uh, this is why we have our elders. Um, and really took to some extent, both of those groups are involved in meeting with and talking through things with people who have indicated that they would like to be, become full-time missionaries. They're feeling called somewhere in the world as a full-time vocation. And so whether it's through the elders first or the missions committee first, uh, either way, you would end up talking with both of us um, just to talk through and understand God's call in your life. And especially if it's somebody from Sailorville that's a member here, that's going to be sent out from here. You know, I talked that there's a, a special commitment and, and, um, investment that we make with those who are sent from Sailorville. And we don't take that responsibility lightly. Uh, and, and so we have to be cautious in vetting through that process and making sure we're truly finding people who are committed to the gospel and committed to God's word and already serving in our church and loving people well that God has put into their life and able to show that, that when they're on the mission field, they've already successfully been demonstrating the things that we would want them to do on the mission field right here locally. Um, cause the, the local church is such, such a consistent way that, that, God reaches people around the world. Uh, it might look different, um, but really when you think about that Great Commission, you're extending where that local church is. So you have the local church here at Sailorville that we love and are familiar with. And when a missionary goes somewhere else in the world, ideally they're becoming part of a church plant or a ministry that is part of or will become a local church. And it's local in that area, even though it feels like it's a long ways away from us. So understanding how a local church functions and is healthy and reaches people, um, more people, more like Jesus, uh, to, you know, fit with our Sailorville mantra. Um, but that's, that's what we're looking for. And, and that starts with those early conversations back with, with our elders and, and with our missions committee to, to talk through those things. Yeah. I think I've said before, maybe not to you, but, uh, maybe our, uh, Sailorville missions, uh, can have a slightly different statement. It's more people's more like Jesus. <laughs> But it's that's that's helpful, and and I I think you're right. Hopefully, if you're if you're considering 
going and you're looking into how do I partner with Sailorville in that, hopefully you're not a stranger to us right now. And if you are, then start getting involved in what's happening on the local level here. And uh, we'll figure out how that translates to global missions. Yep. We've had some some younger people that have really been thinking about whether or not God is calling them to go in some capacity. I had a number of students uh, that are involved in our student ministry text me on Sunday afterwards, and they were like, man, your message encouraged mm. me, and I'm, I think that I might be one of those goers. Mm. Anything you would say to like a high school student who's considering uh, this? Maybe they're kind of in those earlier stages of, I'm still at home with my parents, but maybe in a year or two, or they're thinking about college. Any, anything that you would point yeah. them to? Yeah, I think there's so many examples of how God has faithfully worked in the lives of different people in this church to call them into some type of full-time ministry. And so getting familiar with their stories, getting connected with them individually. Um, I was going to ask you even about you know some of the internship programs that, that some of our students have started to, to find. You know, that's got to be exciting as a high school director, seeing those types of opportunities develop. And, and again, part of that culture of a church of of that sending capacity, but creating opportunities that, that we didn't have t- five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Good uh, thought there pointing out the internship. You know, you mentioned that you want to see somebody involved in the local church here, if they're going to be going and doing something like that globally. And one of the best ways I think to figure out what the local church is doing is to look at what is Sailorville church doing. And an internship is a great way to, consider those things um we've we've had a a number of high school students that have come through an internship program here jason jackson's kind of the head guy over that and uh it's it's been huge for them to see oh this is how church works like this is what you guys do on monday through friday or whatever you know and this is uh what it looks like you know this is how youth group happens the the gnomes don't show up on Wednesday afternoon and set everything up like there's people doing things and, and whatever. And and that's more than just high school students. We've had older people um, or young professionals or people who are working two jobs or whatever do internships as well. But it's always exciting to see those students start to think about local ministry. And sometimes that begins to translate into a global sort of idea as well, which is really, really exciting. Um. Something that I mentioned, and and you can jump in if you have any thoughts. I'm not sure if you do or not, but uh, uh, during my message, I talked about how sometimes you can be a quasi-goer by just doing a good job of welcoming the people that God has put, the nations that have come to us. And uh, one of the ways that I suggested people do that is I I mentioned international students. That's a big deal. Um, There's a lot of people that know more about that than I do. I'm not like an international student genius, although Jeannie and I did consider having an international student in our home this year, and we we decided against it for a number of reasons, but uh, there was a a website that maybe I can post in our show notes or whatever if anybody's considering something like that. Um, Educatus.org, it was like a, a... uh, something that we've filled out where we could possibly be a host family for a high school student. That was really intriguing, and uh, we, we may look into doing something. I was talking to uh, 
Rick Davis from Engage Global, and he suggested, look, just call up a college. Um, talk to them about what they do with international students. Lots of, I mean, all the colleges around here have international students, so you call up Drake or call up Grandview University or something. See what they're doing, and then just see if there's a way you can get connected. Because he said sometimes it's better if like the local church is just doing it on their own rather than necessarily trying to partner with some sort of other ministry. Although he did point me to a website as well called internationalstudents.org that has a lot of ideas and stuff on there as well. So if you're thinking of partnering with international students in some way, that's just something else I would say to piggyback off of what I said on Sunday. I did have a couple of families asking me about that this just after the service. And then, uh, Josh, you were telling me about some of the opportunities you have as sort of a welcomer even at your job. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, and, it, you know, you talk about people who are unreached with the gospel, right? I think you talked about 3 billion people around the world, 7,000 different people groups yeah. who are unreached with the gospel. And it's amazing how many people um, God brings into our life if you're in, you know, a workplace, even here in central Iowa. You know, just look at the people that God is bringing into your community, into our neighborhoods. And while they may represent people groups who are unreached, uh, let's hope that they're not unfamiliar to mm. us. I, I think that that's something that's been convicting for me lately. Just the simple ways that we can find to connect with people that God puts in our life. Um, and there may be a greater global mission story to those connections at some point with people that God puts in our life. But um, whether it's, you know, like for me, I, being able to travel uh, around the world with my job some puts me in a different context. Um, and as I get to know some of those people, uh, even traveling in what is somebody's home country once, I now have a whole nother set of stories and questions and examples. And, you know, I was just in India um, in May earlier this year. And so now when I've met other people who are from India, I have a whole new starting place for conversations, talk about food, family. Mm. They, they appreciate that I've been to their home country. Um, and there is just a starting point and a familiarity um, that isn't that far away for a lot of us. If you just take that next step to, to be curious and to learn, um, you know, watch a documentary, go to the Asian food festival, anywhere you can put yourself in a different context where you can become more familiar with the people around the world that, that need the great news of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's really good. I like, I think there's a lot of people that God has already wired you in some sort of way that maybe you're curious about some aspect of another culture or, you're a foodie that loves, uh, you know, experimenting with different types of foods or something like that. And you could take something as simple as that and turn it into an opportunity to uh, to have sort of a, a welcoming impact on another nation by just the way that you show up at a, you know, celebration or something, you know, that they do or uh, or going to a restaurant that you wouldn't normally go to or something like that where it's like we've got opportunities to interact with people from other cultures and, and places. Let's do that and, and not be so narrow in, in who we talk to and that sort of thing. As you think about sending, so we've talked a little bit about the going aspect. As you think about the sending aspect, what are some of the things that you see people at Sailorville doing that are like really good that mm -hmm. you would love to see more of the way that they're sending yeah. Our missionaries. Yeah. Uh, what I love most is we don't have to tell them what to do. Um, and, and it's because they see a need and they meet it. 
And the only way you see a need is if you actually know people and know what's going on in their life. Mm. So knowing what's going on with our missionaries, staying connected with them, loving them, loving them well. Um, I think that's biblical. That's part of, in third John, it talks about, um, you know, us sending them in a way um, that's worthy of the manner uh, in, a, in a way that's worthy of, of Christ and, and mm. what he's done. Um, and so going out for the sake of the name um, and there's a, there's a, responsibility that we have, I think, as members of a church to love people well who have accepted that assignment. Um, and so, you know, whether it's honestly, genuinely reading their notes, um, you know, I was sitting next to one of our missionaries on Sunday and, and Andrew, you made a comment about, you know, actually responding to an email and letting them know you saw it. Uh, and the missionary laughed. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and I, I knew they were going to, um, and it was convicting all at the same time because they were identifying with that reality that you know, they they sometimes send a lot of things but don't ever know if anybody got it yeah um and it doesn't take that much to to respond and say hey thanks for thanks for your note praying for you um and they like to hear what's happening in in our local church and be encouraged by by the stories here as well and and seeing how god is working uh in a different context for them uh, but just those little things of you know whether it's welcoming people or recognizing where people have kids who are coming back into the states for college or um, there's a lot of transitions in the life of a mis- of a missionary um, and, and being aware of what those are coming and going with furlough with family uh, with things that happen looking for housing vehicles uh, all kinds of ways that we can meet need meet needs and just be practical tangible hands and feet helping helping love and, and serve well those who are are also loving and serving well around the world yeah. I think loving people's kids, you mentioned that is is maybe something I'd highlight out of that. I think I was I think it was the bears that I was talking to. They're around right now and and they've um had a lot of exciting things happening in the lives of their kids recently. And a lot of our people are very familiar with the bears. They're they're one of those six families that is sent from Sailorville and and they've got boys that uh have really there's been a lot of interaction with them over the years. And I know that that's one of the things that they've most appreciated is how we've not only come around them, but we've come around their kids as well and loved them and and that sort of thing. And so don't ever, uh, you know, don't discount the impact that you could have by offering to babysit or offering to help their kids that are maybe heading into college and they're coming here and going to DMAC or faith or whatever. And, um, there can be a huge impact there as well. Um, one of the things um, that I wanted to mention in my message, but I didn't, I didn't really have time for it, so I'll just highlight it now. Is you know, you mentioned that I mentioned the three plus billion people that are considered unreached. That's a that's a burden of mine for sure, and I know it's a burden for many people in this church. Um, something that. Uh, a lot of our students have actually taken up doing over the last uh, couple of years is setting an alarm on their phones and praying for the unreached. And a lot of them set it for uh, 10.02 for Luke 10.2, where Jesus says, let's pray that God would send workers into the harvest. And um, there's an app that we use sometimes too. And so this is for anybody that's just looking for ways to be more strategic in your prayer and being a good intercessor for our missionaries uh, or just for missions in general. Uh, There's this app that I have on my phone um, that's called Unreached of the Day. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's, uh, 
It's a great app uh, put out by the Joshua Project. And uh, you can find it on the App Store. It's available for Apple and I assume for Android and whatever as well. Um, it's just called Unreached of the Day. It's by the Joshua Project. And every single day it has a new unreached people group. So today I just opened it up. Uh, we're praying for the Mamak people in Indonesia. And uh, they have 27,000 global population of the Mamak people group that is in Indonesia, and only 1.5% of them are evangelical Christians. Um, their primary religion is Islam, and so uh, you can you can read some facts on them. There's like outreach ideas, there's scripture focus, prayer focus, there's a map that shows you here's where most of the Mamak people live in the world, and... Um, it tells us that they do have the New Testament in their language, but they don't have the, the whole Bible. Uh, they they do have access to some other resources like audio recordings and the Jesus film and online audio New Testament. But uh, it's just a way, and then you can hit a little button that says that you're praying for them. So today I am one of uh, 1,955 people that are praying for the Mamak in Indonesia. And uh, so if you're just trying to be strategic in your prayers, uh, that's a, it's a good app that you could get. You could set an alarm on your phone. You check it every day. You know, that's the kind of streak that you want to keep going way more than a, a Snapchat streak or something <laughs> on your phone. Like, get your your prayer streak going for how many times that you're praying for the unreached around the world. And it's very eye-opening to think, like, man, here's this group of people. There's thousands of them, and they're distinct through their culture, their language, or something, and they only 1.5% of them are Christians. And so if you are a part of that people group, then there's like just a very small handful of people that are actually evangelical Christians, and everyone else you know is probably Muslim. Um, And they're all being born, living, and dying without a lot of action happening for kingdom advancement. There's not a lot of churches being planted, or or at least not much success, it looks like. So um, it's a great way to be strategic in your prayers. Um, as we kind of near the close of this, I want to talk um, a little bit about our missions conference that's coming up. Um, do you have the dates for that for us, Josh? Yeah, yeah, definitely get this on your calendar. So the the most of the activities will be happening on Saturday, October 28th and Sunday, October 29th. And you're going to want to commit to a full full Sunday morning and evening because mm. uh, that's when all the good stuff is. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to our missions conference. So don't uh don't plan plan an extensive family uh something on Sunday afternoon cuz you got to be rested up and ready to be at church Sunday night for the missions conference. Yeah. We do in missionary Christmas again oh, and yeah. everything there. Definitely. What are some ways that people can be involved in, in that missions conference? Yeah. And the, the mission missionary Christmas is a, a really awesome way to encourage our missionaries. Uh, we try to, you know, catch a list of things that they need, but also we force them to put a list of things that, that they don't need and that they just want or, or would be encouraged by. Um, and so we have a lot of fun just loving our missionaries and meeting a physical need for them. So that there'll be lists of, of things you can buy ahead of time to help participate in that. Um, the biggest thing you can do is just show up and be there and learn. 
Um, we do our missions conference every year now. Um, it used to be a larger one, maybe every three years. Uh, but doing one every year now gives us more touch points with more of our missionaries and, and hits the cycle of when people are back home on furlough. Mm. Um, so this year I'm looking forward. We've got four missionary families. Um, so Lucas and Teresa Bear um, are from Brazil, sent from Sailorville, um, and, and they've already been around here, but they'll be here for our missions conference. Um, Nate and Mam Beckman from Thailand will be with us. Uh, so super excited to, to get more people introduced to window. them. Exactly. Uh, and then we've got two from Peru uh, that I just saw this summer down there. So Joseph and Kimberly Frericks and then Steve and Kelly Frericks will be here. Um, and so really excited for the church to get more familiar with these missionaries and, and their call and, and the work that they're doing. And um, each of them have such a unique story and, and fit so well with the culture and the DNA and, and just the gospel saturated reaching the lost that we feel here at Sailorville, they're doing the same things in, in their local places where God has called them. And it's exciting to see those connections and familiar things between how we, how we do ministry and, and approach people. Super, super cool. Um, I've definitely got it on my calendar. Something we started doing a couple of years ago with the youth group is we always had a uh, Center Grove Orchard Day that was that week. And so we're like, okay, let's keep doing that but we can invite some missionaries to come with us and then we always do a bonfire at Abe and Jesse Miller's house afterwards and so the last couple of years we've had missionaries that joined us for the bonfire and they share a little bit about their ministry and they challenge us in some way it's been really powerful it's turned from an event that used to be just like hey let's go hang out at the orchard to like super fun and really really challenging and just great to rub shoulders with some of our missionaries in a really special way so i'm that's gone from being like you know kind of mid-tier event for youth ministry to like one of my favorites that we do the whole year uh just adding that missions emphasis to it has been really really fun yeah and we're putting the work together right now to be able to announce at the missions conference where we're going to do church trips in 2024 and also what we're targeting for 2025 so we're trying to help people plan ahead more get that vacation time off work start to save up your money uh, we definitely are a big fan of sending people around the world to experience short-term missions um, yeah. and, and experience what God's doing in another context and uh, want to help encourage as many people as possible to get those opportunities. Speaking as someone who's done uh, his fair share of short-term missions trips in the last, I mentioned two trips to Africa this summer, and then it was less than a year ago last fall that my wife and I went and uh, went to Germany mm-hmm. to visit Christy Walker. Those were crazy eye-opening and um, challenging in all the best ways and also like incredibly fun as well to be able to experience those cultures and get to know our missionaries and that sort of thing. So I would just throw my voice in there along with dozens and dozens of others here at Sailorville that would say participate in one of those short-term trips if you possibly can. Um, And especially if you're somebody who's considering going, um, it's, I, I, I want to say it's 80 or maybe 90% of full-time missionaries started with a short-term trip. Mm. And then God used that in some way in their lives to open up their eyes to needs around the world and eventually sent them. And that would be the case for, a lot of our missionaries that we've sent, I know Tyler and Kat would have that kind of story. I think the Bears would have that kind of story and a, a lot of people that went on a short-term trip and then decided, I think God's calling me here full-time. But 
don't let that scare you away either. Uh, you know, you can go and enjoy and have an eye-opening experience without uh, feeling like you're definitely going to be called to the other side of the world as a result. Uh, it can, as I think it's done for me, um, it's just opened my eyes to be able to put myself in the shoes of our missionaries a little better. And so I, I think I'm much more intelligent in my prayers and in my the way that I think about our missionaries and what their needs are and that sort of thing as a result of going yeah. um, more than anything. Oh, and once you've been there, when you read Scripture and it talks about the nations and, and you catch the vision of what things will look like in the future and then yeah. all the nations and people groups and having heard them sing in their native language and, and having heard them talk about the same God that we know and love and worship here, uh, it just, it all makes sense. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, any last words that you want to share before we wrap this up? I want to make sure that I don't uh, cut you off in any kind of area. Anything you want to add before we close it down? No, I mean, just that this is a conversation that can continue. So as you as you talk to people on Sunday or see people that are part of our missions committee or our elders, you know, talk about missions, talk about where God's leading you or, you know, talk about questions you have or things that, that God might be leading you to think about because there's so many different ways you can get involved. And, and just like you said, every single individual has a call to be involved in global missions, uh, either as a sender or a goer. And uh, we want to be all about that around here. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Josh. Uh, let me just close our time briefly in prayer and uh, we will uh, we'll hang it up for, for today. Father, thanks for this opportunity to talk about missions help us as a church to be more strategic and and even better at what we do best and uh, help us to love our missionaries and uh, the world well and God I do pray that you would raise up people from Sailorville help us to add to those numbers of the people that are being sent from here and uh, help many laborers to go into the harvest um, because, Lord, we know that there's a world that needs to hear about Jesus. And, and it's our passion to extend the glory of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. So, Lord, help us to do that and to do that well, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.